Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I know you know what time it is if you know that theme song. Uh, we've had that theme song for many, many years, and uh, it indicates that it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. We are so very, very glad that you have joined us today. Uh, some listeners we have heard from and that you are a consistent listener, we welcome you back again. But if you're a brand new listener today, anywhere in America, anywhere in the world, that this broadcast is being heard from our website, we welcome you to this Bible study today. We have an important, I believe, imperative subject today, and that is continuing the message of the prophetic clock is ticking time is running out. I know that this message has been brought in generations past. Not so long ago, there were people predicting, pinpointing, trying to pinpoint the exact time of Christ's return and really uh, made a mess of everything and fed in to a scripture that said, said what would be happening in the end time. Scoffers would come walking after their own lust, saying, Where's the sign? Where's the sign of His coming? For ever since our fathers slept, everything's continued as it is. Uh, they've said it was going to happen. It didn't. They said it was, and it didn't. They said it was, and it didn't. It's kind of like California, who's had a few um, almost major, but still in the minor category of earthquakes recently. They have been hearing for years that the big one is coming. The big one is coming until they, they, they don't even pay attention to that anymore until the earth starts shaking and the tremors begin. And it's got to enter into some of their thinking. It, could this be the big one? Could this be the one that is predicted that not if, but when it will occur? And is this that one? A friend of mine, we should feel the tremors prophetically that the coming of the Lord is near. Could this be today? Could tomorrow be the day? Could next week be the day? Could next month be today? Oh, friend, we should be living not in fear and dread as Christians, but in holy anticipation and in personal sanctification. I'm going to say that again. We should be living in holy anticipation reflected in personal sanctification. The message of the soon coming of Jesus is to get the church truly devoted to Christ, truly separated from the world about us and the culture about us, that we might indeed be upstream Christians in a downstream world. Now, more than ever, the message of readiness for His coming should be one of the premier paramount messages that is being preached and declared today. If it isn't, then we're not going to find many Christians ready. And that is a very sad commentary on the church in the last 
days, which we become so earthbound that we don't have to. I've often said it, if you want to hear a good message on heaven, you almost have to attend a funeral. And if you want to hear a message on hell, you're hard-pressed to hear it in church because it's not what is trending today. It is not what is popular today. Does that mean we do not preach the whole truth because it isn't the part of the truth that is trending. It isn't what people want to hear and what they're going to pay to hear on Sunday morning. Honey, I don't know about you, but as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I feel very responsible to minister the truth. Whether people come and support, whether they give or don't give, I was bivocational for 12 years because I preached the truth. Amen. And people stayed away in droves. And I've been in ministry long enough to see the truth draw people in the beginning of our tenure as pastor here in Tampa, Florida. People came from all over and we filled our building. We put chairs in the aisle. We used our balcony because people came to hear the truth and to see God confirm his word with signs following. Many were healed. Many were saved during that time. But we have lived long enough in our 46th year of ministry here to see truth no longer held at a premium and to see a, 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 a turning from an anticipation, the soon coming of Christ, to an earth bound message dealing primarily with the material and the physical and not the spiritual and eternal. Friend of mine, as sure as there's a heaven, there is a hell. As sure as there is a savior, there is an enemy of our soul, the devil. And eternity is forever. And that's the stakes that we are facing today. And I believe that God is beginning to stir his people, to bring them back into that place of separation and sanctification. Praise God that we will be the bride that he's coming for. Hallelujah. Washed in the blood of Jesus and cleansed with the washing of water by the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's time to get into our message today. And I want to, to emphasize to you how important this message is. The prophetic clock is ticking and time is running out. I believe that with all of my heart, without date setting, but I believe it. Two things are critical and crucial to end-time prophecy that must be fulfilled for end-time prophecy to be fulfilled. Israel, number one, must be regathered and be in the land for prophecies of the end-time to occur. And they also must reoccupy the city of Jerusalem. Of course, if they're in the land, then this this will come to pass. And that's a scripture we want to deal with today is the reoccupation of the city of Jerusalem and its significance to the soon coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. Luke 21 and verse 24, the words of Christ 
it says, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led, speaking of the Jewish people, away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. These words of our Savior have been gloriously fulfilled in our day. And one great event marked the beginning of the end. After almost 2,000 years of Gentile rule, the Holy City is back in Jewish possession. One prophecy teacher comments, and I quote, One of the greatest signs of the soon coming of Christ is the reoccupation of the city of Jerusalem. He goes on to say, I consider this to be the most important sign of all because it came from the lips of Jesus himself. You will find it in Luke 21, verse 24. He said, Jews will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among the nations. That happened in 70 A.D. That was the beginning of this scenario. Listen to it. When the Romans destroyed Jerusalem. He then added, Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Well, that's exactly what happened. Jerusalem fell to the Gentiles when the Romans destroyed it. The Romans were followed by the Byzantines. And the Byzantines were followed by the Arabs. And the Arabs were followed by the Crusaders. And the Crusaders by the Mamluks. And the Mamluks by the Turks for almost 400 years. The Turks were followed by the British and the British by the Jordanians. And then, on June the 7th, 1967, praise God, the Jews reoccupied the city of Jerusalem for the first time in 1,897 years. You see the significance of this prophecy. And when those Jewish soldiers went to the wailing wall and fell upon their faces, began to weep before that wall, Rabbi Gorin, the chief rabbi of the Israeli army, came up to the wall and blew a shofar. Then he lifted up his hand and said, I proclaim unto you the beginning of the Messianic age. You see, Orthodox Jews know the Messiah is coming soon. That's one of the paradoxes of our time. They were looking for His first coming. And we, as Christians and Messianic Jews as well, we know He has come in the person of Jesus Christ. His name is Yeshua Jesus, and He's coming back for His bride, and He's coming also to judge the earth. And you and I will meet Him face to face as Savior or as Judge. And that's why, because of the significance of these prophecies, that we should be living in the light of the soon coming of Jesus. What time is it? It's later than it's ever been before. Romans thirteen eleven and 12 says, And knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. 
The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Amen. And let us put on the armor of light. I like one one uh, translation. Actually, it's a paraphrase, but I like it. It's practical and it's personal. Listen to it of verse 11. Another reason for right living is that you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. For the coming of our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So don't live in darkness. Get rid of your evil deeds. Shed them like dirty clothes. Hey Amen. I don't know about you, but when I take a, a bath and I am, I've been working outside here in the high humidity of, of central Florida and, and, uh, oh, it's just such a joy to get in the shower and be refreshed and be cleansed. And I have sweated through my clothes literally they become wet on me when I mow in the heat and the humidity and I don't put those clothes back on I shed those dirty clothes and I put on clean clothes and so that's what this is saying shed them like dirty clothes clothe yourself with the armor of right living amen as those who live in the light Glory be to God. Amen. Praise God. L- li- listen to this uh, scripture in Romans 13 and verse 13. It said, Let us walk honestly. See to be ready for the coming of Jesus not only involves holy anticipation, but it involves personal sanctification. That's why the scriptures clear. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Not self-righteous, but separate, saith the Lord. We shouldn't share the world view. We should be living counter-culture. We should be upstream Christians in a downstream world, especially now that the darkness is getting darker, and therefore the light should be shining even brighter. Praise God. Amen. Listen to this very, very carefully. Believe it or not, a wedding garment is still required for the marriage supper. Holiness and sanctification are words still found in the Bible. God has not lowered His standard to accommodate our sin our selfishness, our self-exaltation, we need a cleansing. And repentance allows the application of the blood of Jesus and the sanctification that comes through the washing of water by the Word. So Romans 13 and verse 13 said, Let us walk honestly as in the day. See, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. One translation says, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling 
and jealousy. A little boy asked his dad uh, what, what, what a Christian is. His father, who was raised in church, did his best to explain to him. And when he finished, his son asked, Have we ever seen what? You see, friend, we need to be truly followers of Jesus. We need a new desire to begin to behave what we believe. We need, we need to be able to, to, to have a true spiritual awakening. Something that is coming by the Holy Spirit that brings sanctification and holy anticipation for the coming of the Lord is very, very near. Praise God. Turn with me in, in these closing moments of this, this time we have to Matthew chapter 25. This is an important message today. Because of the scripture saying, Awake thou that sleepeth. You, you would think the church would never be lulled to a, to a sleepiness, to a slumber. That we would always be in every generation on the alert. But I believe because it is the last days and because the love of many is waxing cold is one of those signs. Because we are in the beginning of the falling away uh, in, that is marked uh, in the church in the last days before the Antichrist will be revealed. Because all of those things are occurring, we as God's people can be lulled into a spiritual slumber. And that's why every true revival in every generation has been called a spiritual awakening. A spiritual awakening. Awake thou that sleepeth, and Christ shall give you light. You see, the, 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 the hypocrite and the tares among the wheat are sleeping because they are not truly God's children. But God's children can fall asleep because we lose that holy anticipation of the coming of Jesus. And we are not living in that state of readiness. Someone has said it in a, in a, a, a very simplistic way that the devil, Satan, is never too busy to rock the cradle of a sleeping saint. Satan is never too busy to rock the cradle of a sleeping saint. Oh, friend of mine, we cannot, we must not fall into spiritual slumber. We should be living in a state of holy anticipation and personal sanctification. Hallelujah. They go hand in hand. You can't truly have one without the other. Matthew 25, Jesus says these words, Then the kingdom of God, beginning with verse 1, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. That's not just oil in their lamps, but oil in their vessels in order to keep their lamps trimmed and burning. Verse 5 says, While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. 
And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered and said, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. Go ye rather to them that sell, and buy oil for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. Listen to that phrase, Lord, Lord. The, the, these are the people that claim that they know Christ, but they live a life that is contrary to that claim. The Bible speaks of them in Titus uh, chapter 1 and verse 16. It says they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being unto every good work abominable and reprobate. You see, friend, you can't have a profession of Jesus and live totally for the devil and for the flesh. You cannot, I cannot. This is not about sinless perfection. This is about a change that must occur when you truly come to Jesus, when He recognizes you because you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and you've been born again as His child. Because the Bible said, and this is disconcerting to me, I'm always taken back when I read it. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, we've done many works in your name. This is a, a, a profession without a possession of Christ. This is an empty profession. This is a, a form of godliness denying the power to save, the power to transform, the power to regenerate. This is something that, that the devil uses to give man a false sense of security. Oh, friend of mine, I don't want to be just a member of a church. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because when he saves you, he gives you a heart to follow him, to live for him. No one can do it perfectly. No one can be sinlessly perfect. But we can be perfectly committed to march to the beat of a different drummer, to not let the world pollute us and pervert us and divert us from our course of looking for Jesus and living for Jesus in these last days. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I know you not. I know you not. Jesus will say to these people that are claiming to know him, Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You see, there is no works to confirm salvation. There is an empty profession without possession of Christ. The issue is not just you saying you know Jesus. It's Jesus saying, I know you. You know, the Bible is very, very clear. Amen. In a great house, there are many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor, some of gold and silver, some of clay, and some of straw. 
if we will if we will separate ourselves from these and flee youthful lust, we will be vessels of honor, meet for the master's use. Praise God. We will belong to Him. He will acknowledge that we belong to Him. Amen. So it says, Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Hallelujah. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Don't live the same old sin-filled, sinful life. Although you can't be sinlessly perfect, you, sin is not supposed to reign in our life. It is not supposed to be the rule of our life. We should be seeking to follow Him. And when we fail in some area, we should be quick to repent and get up and go on. Praise God. Seeking that going on to perfection doesn't mean we'll obtain it here. But it means we will pursue it here. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I, I don't know who I'm speaking to today. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your religious background is. But it, it's going to take more than an empty religious profession. If we're going to be ready for the coming of Jesus and even more importantly, ready to stand before Him someday. Praise God. I, I want to be able to stand before the Lord and hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Verse 13, I want to read again to you from Matthew 25. Watch therefore, for you know not the day nor the hour. None of us know the day or the hour, but I believe we can know the season wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, I believe we're in that season. And the word watch here in the Greek meaning is similar to look, and it means to give strict attention to, to be cautious, to take heed, lest through remission and indolence some calamity Suddenly overtake one. You see, Jesus is coming to receive the righteous and to judge the wicked. And we should be living the authentic Christian life. I'm going to read again Second Peter three ten through 14 It said, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then, verse 11, that all these things might, I mean, shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be? Listen, in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming day of the Lord, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, my beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you might be found in him, in peace, without spot and 
blameless. Praise God. Amen. Oh, friend, if you're looking for Him, then you're longing for Him. And if you're longing for Him, you know what the Bible said? It said, you'll find me in the Old Covenant. You will find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. And that's the important issue today. It is time to not live our life as God's children in some kind of half-hearted commitment. But we should be living our life wholeheartedly, full out for Jesus Christ, especially in light of what we know biblically, scripturally, and prophetically. The prophetic clock is ticking and time is indeed running out. Friend, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, you're not ready for His coming. And not only that, but you're not ready to draw your last breath. You're not ready to stand before the Lord. And the Scripture says, Be ye also ready. And today you can be made ready by repenting of your sin, running to Jesus instead of running from Him, and be forgiven and be cleansed and be sealed by the Holy Spirit. In that scripture about the great house and the different vessels, it says, The Lord seals us. We have this seal that the Lord knows them that are His. And I want you to know God has marked us by giving us the Holy Spirit as His very own. And when we say, Lord, by the Holy Spirit, (laughs) hallelujah, He acknowledges, that's right, that's my child, that's my servant. I know you, and you are welcome into the Father's house. You are welcome into the new Jerusalem. You're welcome in the holy city because you've washed your robes. You've made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And you've received my word and you've been cleansed with the washing of of water by the word. And you are separate from the world and you are separated unto me. Hallelujah. So friend, run to the Lord while it is day, while it is time. For the night is coming and you don't have to fear it anymore. And come back and let's talk about Jesus.